What's up, everybody, and welcome into this week's edition of I Don't Know Jim. And we are in the playoffs now. We've got the wild card, sorry, super wild card weekend recap for you. We'll also give you a look ahead to the divisional round. The Chiefs taking on the Jags. The Eagles taking on the Giants. A couple more games. Those are the highest seeds. Let's get into it. All right, Jim. Super wild card, Jims. Pick number one. I'll let you go first because I don't think you've gone first in a while, but it's your turn. I think I go first like every week, but that's all right. Um, I don't know. I'll still take it. My first overall super gym of super wild card weekend is going to be Dak Prescott. Oh, all right. All right. I like that. Dak Prescott coming into this game had a lot of haters, had a lot of doubters telling him, you're not going to win this game. You choke in the playoffs. You're a bum. You're an average QB at best. Would that be us? Uh, yeah, maybe. We definitely contributed. Uh, but Dak comes out there on Monday night, goes 25 for 33 in the air for 305 passing yards, four passing touchdowns, throwing a rushing touchdown too. Uh, and if that's not how you shut up the haters, I don't know what is, man. It really just kind of stuck it to us and everyone else that thought the Cowboys had no shot here and made the Bucks look like the team we've seen uh, the Bucks be most of this year. Yep. It definitely. Uh, just way to go. Way to go, Dak. Yeah, definitely. It's all for the Tom Brady factor a bit there. But uh, I'm going to keep it in the NFC East here. Going with Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones. Now, this is his second time, but he had an absolute day 24 for 35. 301 in the air, two touchdowns. And he ran the ball 17 times for 78 yards. Right. And that's something that we've seen him do a little bit here. But I think his career high was like seven carries in a game or something like that. He hits the ball 17 times here on the ground. We see just how dynamic he can be. And you say what you want about the Giants offense there against a bad Vikings defense. But dude, that was like the best performance of his career in the biggest spot. So he's totally a gem here. Yeah, that's a great shout. Certainly was on my radar as well. Um, man, he's playing. He's playing like he wants to get paid. So, yep. All respect to him. They didn't pick up his option. Now you got to pay the man. I'll keep going, y'all. Keep going. It's gonna be another giant here. Gonna be another than Dexter Lawrence. He had an absolute season. He's an All Pro this year. Uh, he didn't have any sacks in the game on Sunday, but man, you look at the other numbers here. He had six tackles a TFL, and four quarterback hits. He was in Kirk's face all day. He was in Kirk's face on that last fourth and eight play that they had. He was the reason that he just kind of threw the ball short to get rid of it. He thought he was going to get sacked. Total disruptive force. And I got two Giants for my gyms, but, man, that was a gym-like performance from them. Yeah, that's a good shout. Um, Definitely feel like an underdog seed always deserves a little more love when they – head down on the road and win a game that are they're not expected to win. Unless you listen to the, I don't know, Jim podcast, you knew that was happening. Uh, my next gym, unfortunately is going to have to be Sam Hubbard. Um, hey. I think it'd be disrespectful and disingenuous of me to not pick him. Uh, and we can get into that later. I wasn't wrong about that game whatsoever. But Sam Hubbard with the difference of a 98-yard 
fumble Ruski return touchdown, maybe benefiting from a little bit of a block in the back, but that's not how the history books will remember it. They will remember it as I've heard it called the Hubbard yard dash. I've heard it called the fumble in the jungle. jungle. Um, Whenever you make a play that gets nicknames like that, you probably deserve a gym of the week nod too. I wish it was not at the expense of my Ravens, but it's what it is, man. Uh, my my last one's gonna be Doug Peterson. Oh damn, that was mine. Yeah. <laughs> Another one of those ones where it hurt because I know we were both on the Chargers. Maybe cash that one a little too early. We I think so. About, <laughs> we both know about Staley's questionable coaching decisions and Peterson's great coaching. Um, and yeah, Peterson really showed what what is uh, what it's like to be a playoff winning head coach coming back from twenty seven nothing in the playoffs. That's awesome. Um, he's a great coach. Yeah, deserves a, a gym he's, nod. He's totally fearless. And you're right. That's an awesome pick. That was going to be my next pick here. But I'll keep it kind of vanilla, I guess. I'll go to Dak's main guy on Monday nights, Dalton Schultz. Seven for 95, two touchdowns. That ain't too bad. And he helped them get a big-time win in a game that I personally thought they were going to get walked on in. So, Dalton, you're our last, Jim. Now we can move on to the Jameses. I've got my James. And it's going to be none other than Brandon Staley. Easiest James pick of the week of the year, maybe. Right. I I mean, dude, you're up 27-0 in the playoffs and you blow it. And especially as a guy that's a defensive specialist, in quotes, okay? I mean, you. I don't know how you're handed that big of a lead and you blow it. I, I get the Chargers can't run the football. That's been their thing all season. They haven't been able to run the ball. People say, oh, they have Austin Eckler. Yeah, well, he just catches the ball. They don't have a strictly in-between-the-tackles runner. And that was evident. You usually have a 27-point lead, and you're good to just roll it out, get a couple of first downs throughout the rest of the game, and see you later. We're on to the next round. Wasn't possible here. I'm shocked Brandon Staley saw his job. But, dude, come on. No, I mean, <laughs> it's so funny because it's one of those like self-fulfilling prophecies where you go, everyone knows about Staley's questionable coaching decisions, how he you know makes decisions that lead to them losing. And you see them up 27 nothing, and you go, I mean, he can't blow this one, right? Uh, and then he goes ahead and blows it. Remember what I said to you before we left? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, you said it smelled like a Trevor Lawrence comeback. I, I agree with you, to be honest. I do not know how he still has his job. Um, the OC, but... to the OC. Yeah. Riddle me that. I, I don't get it. He'd be my obvious James of the Week pick as well. But for the sake of having two, I will pick another. And I, I'm going to go with uh, Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings. Oh. Yeah. I thought about picking the Bucks, but they kind of stunk all year. So in reality, we really shouldn't be too um, upset with them. The Vikings went 13-4, and four, and they were penciled in as a first-round knockout team. And yeah, they were knocked out in the first round. It's it's a disappointing end to a, a great season. No, thirteen wins is a great season. Yeah, 
and uh, getting knocked out by a Daniel Jones-led New York Giants team while you're at home. Yeah, that's a James performance. And I will highlight specifically, Pat, it's fourth and X. How far do you throw the ball on fourth and X? Two or past X is my answer. Wow, that's a great answer, (laughs) Jeff. Uh, I just I never really understood the throwing below the sticks on a you know fourth down play in general, more or less uh, for your season, your life. Uh, so that's definitely a disappointing decision by Kirk. But again, the light's too bright. Sorry, Vikings, you've been here before, and uh, I can't say I'm that shocked. I was all over the Giants. You were all over the Giants. It was too easy, but can still be disappointed. Absolutely. You've been talking about it for weeks now. I, I remember maybe like as many as six weeks ago, you said, this is a first round exit team dressed in purple. So, I'm going to take my victory lap. Yeah, no, you should. Absolutely. You should. I, I think that we overall had a pretty good week as far as how some of these games would go. And sure, like, you know, Dolphins Bills was closer and we obviously whiffed on the Buccaneers. But other than that, I think we were pretty solid. Yeah, hand up. I did kind of switch my pick to the Cowboys late, but um, well, I was touting the Brady stuff. So I'll Saturday game Seahawks getting slapped around by the wagon 49ers, man. And this game was close in the first half. We had the pleasure of enjoying this one together. And, uh, you know, DK Metcalf at one point looked like he was going to cement his legacy as a playoff legend here. He was having a really big game in the first half. And then all of a sudden, they come out in the second half. They couldn't move the ball at all. 49ers were unstoppable. They're getting their, getting the ball in their playmakers' hands. And Brock Purdy was spot on where he needed to be. Cool, calm, collected. They get a huge victory. This one kind of went, I don't know, not exactly how we expected necessarily. Hawks kept a close first half, but um, this was just one of those ones where the Niners are just a way better team. Um, and over the course of the game, they pulled away quite easily at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I would highlight Brock Purdy's play in the second half. He he came out and he looked like he's been there before. Um, I know people like to fade rookie quarterbacks in the playoffs, but and he looked a little little questionable in the first half. He was making some Yeah, he wasn't exactly on. But my man went into the locker room, shook that off, came back out in the second half. And he balled. So that's going to be a fun one. We can get into that on the preview next week. Yep. I don't really have much else to say. The Seahawks, I guess, put up a decently okay performance. In that Nobody thought time. they were going to be here. No, I mean, that right. was just... Who would have thought that? Yeah. So good for them for having a great season in that aspect. I think I had them as a top five pick in my preseason I'm uh, pre- preview. But uh, so, you know, all together there. Good for them. It'll be interesting to see what they do at quarterback. I imagine Geno Smith will be back, but they've got a pretty hot pick, so I think it'd be hard to imagine them not investing in a quarterback at some point. You know, Geno Smith's pretty old, and he's only played one good season his whole career. So I don't know. Something to watch out for. And I, I think would say we... too. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Keep no, going. no, you're good. I was just gonna say they've got some nice young pieces. Um, they got two guys nominated for the Pepsi. Rookie of the year. Oh, that's the one that matters, right? Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean, they've got a nice little squad. We'll see how they, you know, upgrade that for next season. But uh, 
way to do better than expected, Zox. Absolutely. Yeah, cool. But all I had to say too. So keep moving along now to the night game. That looked like it was going to be a real snoozer. The Chargers headed to Jacksonville and built themselves a 27 to nothing lead. This, of course, is after Trevor Lawrence throws four picks and looks god awful. It's funny, man. People got to be careful with uh, what they say before a game's finished. I'm not saying it's on us, but, you know, at halftime, I was seeing some very, very blasphemous takes about Trevor Lawrence and these Jaguars. And at the time, they were true when they looked fine. But, man, do, do they look silly now. I'm just saying. Got to be careful what you're tweeting out there. It stays there forever. People screenshot that stuff. And yeah, Trevor looked awful in the first half, but they won. Who cares now? Almost looks better. It's insane. Dude, I mean, four picks in the first half and then four touchdowns in the second. And your team wins 31 to 30. And I remember we left and we're flaunting around like, oh, we knew it was the Chargers the whole time. We knew it. And we're getting updates as the night goes. Like, what? You know, what's going on? Oh, what's going on? Oh, and oh my God, I, I don't know how you blow a lead like that. So good for the, the Jaguars and Peterson for being able to to get back in this. I mean, I don't know a ton of teams that I'd say be motivated after your quarterback throws four picks to say, we still have a chance, we still have a chance, let's go, let's go. And he picks his head up and Trevor Lawrence leads him back like that. I think that they have potential here to play spoiler to the Chiefs. We'll talk about that later, but I think there's a little bit of potential. I can tell you if I was quarterback, I would have folded. <laughs> I know, that's what I'm saying, dude. After two, I think I would have folded. I would have folded before the game even started. But... <laughs> Four? It's crazy talk. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's. Uh, there's not much else to be said about the game. Um, the only other piece of content I really consumed about it that we could touch on was Derwin, Derwin James' post-game interview was crazy. I didn't watch it. It wasn't crazy. It was just like, I've been playing football for 20-whatever years. I've never felt like this. Oof. Like, we got, like, four picks, and you still lose. Like, the defense played great in the first half, and I know they couldn't get the stops in the second, but you'd think four picks, you know, build yourself a 27 nothing lead, you wouldn't really need to whatever. All right, shout-out to Sante Samuel Jr. at three of them, too. Yeah. Looking just like Pops. Dolphins Bills. Dolphins stayed in this game way longer than I thought they would. I thought that they were not going to be able to compete at all with the Bills. Yep. Mr. McDaniel. McDonald. I can never get it. You always call him Mike McDonald. It's the Ravens. uh, Ravens DC. Mike McDaniel's game plan pretty well for this one, even though he had Skylar Thompson. Yeah. Yeah, did he? Uh, I don't know. I mean, my question might be like, are the Bills worse than we think they are? Um, I think they're vulnerable. I mean, well, how many times they turned the ball over? Allen had three turnovers in that game. He had two picks and a fumble. They didn't look great, honestly. Yeah. And I thought that I don't know if you follow Chris Sims on Twitter. He made a pretty good point about what the Dolphins' defense did. They 
pretty much focused on Diggs and said, beat us with your other guys. Mm-hmm. Let Vax Beasley beat you. Let Gabe Davis beat you. Did you just like, call him Vax Beasley? Yeah. Let those guys beat you and take care of Diggs and you'll you'll have a chance. And I thought that was a pretty good point. I thought that's what they tried to do. Um, I thought that Skylar Thompson played well given the circumstances. I think that there were a couple of play calls there, like on that interception he threw late. It kind of swung the tide of the game where McDaniel kind of hung him out to dry. He didn't give him something easy. It was there were a bunch of deep routes on that play, and he just kind of forced to throw it up. Another thing, I mean, I understand that it's your third string quarterback, but he's been running that offense for weeks now. Could you get up to the line and snap the football before the play clock runs out? I mean, I don't know how many delay games we saw that actually cost them, but it was like north of three. Anytime past one is like, all right. Like, that was brutal. It's too busy vaping, man. Yeah, was that real? He, that wasn't real, right? I, I wouldn't be shocked if it was, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> but yeah, I think you make a good point. This Bills team, I don't know how confident I am in them. It's weird. Dude, they just play so on the edge, you know, and they, I think they almost have this like superhero, like construct in their minds of what type of team they are, where Josh Allen makes, tries to make these just superhuman plays all the time. And when he does make them, they look sick. Like that uh, touchdown against the Patriots week 18, you know, the one I'm talking about. Yeah. Unbelievable rope. Perfect, yeah. Perfect ball. Like greatest touchdown pass I've ever seen. He's a freak. And when it works, it's amazing. It's sick. It's awesome. Oh my God, is this the best quarterback to ever play the game? But then like the other three times he tries it and it's picked off by the safety. Yeah. Well, what are we doing? We're, why are we trying to play hero ball like unnecessarily? Um and it's kind of been a trend for Josh Allen this season. All those red zone Josh Allen. Yeah, I love Josh Allen. Me no too. Hate towards him, but he's been pretty careless with the ball at times this year. Sure. You got to keep care of the ball in the playoffs, man. Absolutely. And say what you want, but, you know, I think they got really lucky that they played a Dolphins team on their third string quarterback. I think against almost any other team, if they pulled that crap against the Patriots, forget it. The Patriots win that game by 20. The Patriots didn't make the playoffs because they sucked. So I, I think that they got lucky here. Better clean it up for next week. That's enough for me. What do you think? Yeah. You ready to move on? I'm ready to move on. Excellent. Giants-Vikings. Vikings game. Part two. Jikings. The Giants win 31-24 to on the back of Daniel Dimes. Jim, tell me about my boy Danny Dimes. What's up with him? I'll tell you what, Jim. We nailed this one down to the T. We called the Dable scheming up a perfect game plan. He did. Um, Vikings defense was cheese. The, uh, the Giants took advantage of that with a Daniel Jones running back option. People are talking about him as the best mobile quarterback in the league. Vanilla Vic. Vanilla Vic, baby. Um, no, this was cool. I, I like this game a lot. I thought the Giants played it perfectly. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, I don't know how far they'll really go. We can get into the Giants-Eagles in the preview, but they were really fun to watch in this one. Yeah, they were, dude. And it's funny. You said we nailed it. I listened to the podcast um, in the car on Sunday um, after this game was over. And, dude, we 
we said Daniel Jones has a huge game. Vikings defense trash. Absolutely spot on perfect. But another thing I want to say is, like, I think it's incredible that the Vikings offense was so efficient, yet came up so short. They had so many weird plays, like that third and one early in the game where they try to throw it back to Kirk Cousins. What are you doing? You keep it simple. They try to get cute and weird moments. Obviously, that that fourth and eight play where they threw it, you know, three yards wasn't ideal there. Um, so I am interested to see where this this Vikings team goes from here. Everybody kind of had a feeling that they were fake. I don't think a ton of people were fully bought into them, and rightfully so. We just saw what happened. Um, but I think they need to question: Do we try to find a different quarterback? I don't think that's the right answer. I think they need to try to beef up that defense. And if they don't fast, I mean, that NFC North is going to be competitive next year. They got lucky this year, I think. Packers down year, Bears had nothing around fields, and the Lions are just finding their footing. I think they got really lucky. Um, But for the Giants, I mean, talk about like contributors from guys you barely even heard of. Isaiah Hodgins was a six-round pick of the Bills in 2020. This guy goes eight for 105 and a touchdown. Making incredible blocks out there, like that's great. I, I'm I like this Giants team. I, I'm buying them. I know we joked about them early in the season. We're gonna hop on the bandwagon when they play crappy teams and all that. But I think they're kind of fun, and I love Daniel Jones going nuts like that. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Um, I agree with your Vikings defensive points because that's re- that really was the flaw of that team this year, and you could see it, and they got away with it. 11 times in the regular season. Uh, but unfortunately, in the one game that mattered, they did not. Yep. With that said, if you have nothing else to add, we can head over to the Ravens Bengals, where my heart was ripped out into a million pieces. Right as well. And uh, resulted in a text about Have you ever seen a man's soul leave his body? Uh, that was my soul. I'm going to toot my horn a little bit here because I think I nailed this one personally. I think the Ravens were the better team here. And you want to talk about the Bills being lucky they played a team with their third string quarterback in. The Bengals got lucky. Um, no no hate towards Huntley at all. I think he played really well, even though that was a questionable move to dive for the pylon two yards out. Um. But I think the Ravens game plan for this way better than the Bengals. I think they played better than the Bengals. I think they did everything right. And it just came down to that one play, the Hubbard yard dash, um, which sucks and it stings and it hurts because, you know, it, re- it is that. Like the final score is 24-17. That was the 24-17, you know, flip a little, you know, butterfly effect. Change the butterfly's wings. It's Ravens 24, Bengals 17. Everyone's going crazy, like, oh my God, blah, blah, blah. So it hurts. It sucks. It stings. Um, it's too bad. But I think the Ravens did a great job considering all this Lamar drama. I'm still proud of them. And uh, I'm sure we'll have like a off-season special episode where I can really, you know, nail into Greg Roman. But uh, we don't need to do that here. Yeah. Thanks. I think you did a 
really perfect job summing this one up, Jim. The only few things I have to say is, I mean, one, you were very right about those issues that the Bengals were going to have up front. Burrow was pressured all night long. Didn't look comfortable at all. The Ravens weren't, or Ravens, the Bengals weren't able to run the ball. Um, and Huntley looked good. You know, he had that one mistake early, but other than that, he looked good. Ravens got hosed on the, the, the fumble there. No call for a block in the back. That was blatant and obvious. And obviously, you can go back and look at it and say, what's he doing reaching the ball over the goal line like that when it's blah, blah, blah. You know, he's trying to get in the end zone. That's what he's trying to do. He's a competitor. Sure, maybe he should have tucked it, you know. Who's to say the next play they don't go out there and fumble the ball and the same thing doesn't happen? Uh, that's it. He's trying to get the ball in the end zone. I'm not defending him. I'm just saying it's something that happens. It's part of the game. So what? And ultimately, it was the deciding factor. You know, they had that chance at the end with Prochet, which, I mean, it barely hit off his fingertips. That's not a ball that you're going to catch. No. But I just thought it was that much more agonizing when that happened. You know, it was right there. Uh, and, then you know, all of a sudden, they roll out Andy Isabella. And I'm sitting there going, what? What are, what are we watching here? Yeah. Um, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. You nailed it, man. I, I guess my one last thing, again, not to go too crazy on Greg Roman just yet. That's my issue. It's not Huntley reaching over the goal line. It's the, you know, and you see players like J.K. Dobbins maybe saying a little too much post game about it. But why is that the play call? Why is the play call QB sneak from the two? Why we, you're running down their throats? Um, you got Gus Edwards, absolute tank. You got J.K. Dobbins playing insanely well. Scheme something up for you know just to run it in with your running backs. The first play was a stupid little dinky dunk trying to like be cute with Pat Ricard. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm telling you, you run the ball three times, you're getting into the end zone there. I don't know why we're getting cute with the QB sneak from the two yard line. Greg Roman's got to go. That's enough of that. Uh, proud of the Ravens. Hopefully Lamar stays. I hope. We might be getting a quarterback swap on the podcast, Jim. Don't sleep on it. We could be. It's crazy. That'd be crazy. Yeah, that'd be messed up. You'd have to be a Patriots fan. I would. I would have to convert. Anyways, let's finish it up Monday night. The Cowboys absolutely stomping on the Buccaneers, doing the opposite of what I thought would happen here. Dak was unstoppable. They came out and struggled on the first few drives, but other than that, they had their way, and their defense was playing like they were early in the season when I dubbed them a top three or so unit. Michael Parsons was wrecking the game, and their secondary wasn't giving up anything. You kind of nailed it. The summary there, at least, that was the story of the game, really, is just Michael Parsons was everywhere. Made Tom Brady's life hell. Um I mean, shout out Ryan Ryan Jensen for coming back, but that O line was still not great. Um, Donovan Smith, bad, very, very. Bad. very. Oh my, um, it's too bad for Tom. I think he's still got another year left in him, but I think he plays again too. That'll probably be an off season episode discussion. Yep, Cowboys look good, dude. I know. I think. I think we're in for a really good game between San Fran and Dallas, to be honest. Me too. I am torn on it, too. I'll say that. But I I do appreciate the Cowboys, at least, you know. The story was getting old, man, of just Cowboys, good season, lose first round. 
You know, we had to switch up the narrative a bit. Good. Let's see it. Let's go. Um, I don't really have much more to add there. Dan cool. Quinn, good defensive coordinator, man. Yeah, he is. He'll. I mean, he is getting head coaching looks too. Um, he, he deserves it. And Byron Leftwich might be on the way out too, is what word on the street is, which is crazy because he was a guy that a lot of people thought would be a head coach this year, but now looks like he's on his way out as an OC. We can skedaddle right along to the divisional round here. We are looking at the final eight. In the first game, Saturday at 4.30, got the Jaguars headed to Arrowhead to take on the Chiefs, who are off of their bye. Jim, talk ball with me here. Why should I think that the Kansas City Chiefs will have a problem with the Jacksonville Jaguars? You shouldn't, Jim, because they won't. I think we can bring spreads into consideration nowadays. It's sitting at nine. I'm seeing it at nine right now. Okay. I see eight and a half, but it doesn't really eight and a half, nine, whatever it is. And I think the Jaguars could, you know, make it at least an interesting game. Uh, but I, I don't think Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs and Andy Reid off a bye are losing to Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson and this Jags team coming in. I think that Jags comeback was great. It was awesome. I do think this is where their roads their their road ends this season. With that said. You know, people are touting Trevor Lawrence as the next goat, the next great thing. And you got to start somewhere with your story with the, you know, and this could be that maybe. Maybe he comes in there and he takes down Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. And then it is, you know, sky's the limit for T-Law. But I personally don't think that's going to happen. I think the Chiefs will be able to handle them. Yeah, I do think that the Chiefs win this game, but I really wouldn't be surprised to see it close. We've yeah. seen the Jacksonville defense kind of come alive here in, in these recent weeks. And you can say, yeah, well, they just gave up 30 points to the Chargers. Well, the Chargers also got the ball at like 25-yard line four times. Um, and, and their young edge guys are playing well. Josh Allen's been on fire recently. Yeah. Um, so I'll say I think that the Chiefs get off to a slow start here. But I think ultimately they win this game. Nobody's better off to buy than Andy Reid. Patrick Mahomes is your MVP, and the Jaguar secondary isn't exactly something you write home about. Mm -mm. So uh, I think that Mahomes have a big day in the air. I know it's not the hottest take, but I also say this. I think that Travis Etienne is going to get his on the ground and will be a reason that this game is close pretty early. Um, Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think it's closer than what eight and a half I see on my screen. I think it's closer than that. I think that I would feel comfortable taking the Jags plus eight and a half. I agree. I think it'll be closer than, you know, blowout city. I just don't think, I know we mentioned the Tom Brady effect last. I don't think Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, this Chiefs team will allow the Jaguars to come in, you know, weak rested off a bye, plenty of time to, you know, scheme for this game, game plan for this game. They, they're just not going to lose this. I just don't see a world where they lose this. Yeah, I'm with you. Which means we can head over to the Giants-Eagles game. Uh, I think this one's pretty interesting, too, to be honest. I think historically, it's really hard to beat a team three times. And we've seen it before with, uh, you know, divisional opponents meeting in the uh, postseason. And you think... There's no way they can beat them. They're so much better than them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the thing happens where they don't beat the team three times. 
Uh, with that said, I still think the Eagles win. I do think, you know, seven and a half. I, I think the Giants can keep this close, personally. Who knows, though? I, I think Nick Sirianni off a of bye. He's pretty, you know, he's been a great coach this year, and he's not really getting too, too much credit for that. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Yeah, this one's really hard for me because, I mean, during the regular season, they played twice, obviously. The first time, they the Eagles smacked them. Oh, that game wasn't close from the get-go. Um, the second time, Giants rested all their guys. And Jalen Hurts didn't look great. And that's because he was coming off of his shoulder injury. So in my head, I'm thinking, you know, he didn't look great the last time we saw him. But guess what? He got an extra week of rest. Right? And I also think the strengths of the Giants match up with the strengths of the Eagles. You look at the Giants' defense, where are their strengths? On the interior of that defensive line and on the edges. You know, they've got Williams, Lawrence, Thibodeau. And the Eagles have Kelsey, Lane Johnson. That is the best offensive line in football for my money. And I think that that's where this game will be won. I think the Eagles have the upper hand there. I think Jalen Hurts has a, a big game that now that he's healthy. Uh, and I think that the Giants struggle against an Eagles defense that is far superior to the Vikings defense that we saw last week. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's where my head's at is that you can scheme up all you want. You're not going to be able to, you know, take advantage of this Eagles defense the way you could the Vikings. Um, and that's kind of where I'm thinking that the Giants, you know, season comes to an end here. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, think the Eagles team's really good, man. Like really, really good. Me too. And sneaky here, I'm curious to what you have to say coming up. This could be set up for your pick as the Cowboys-Eagles NFC Championship game. Uh, we'll get to I that after know. the Bengals. Bengals-Bills first. Bengals-Bills. Wait, I guess. Whatever. It didn't make sense. Bengals-Bills, Jim. Sunday at 3. It's a really weird time. I don't know why, but it just stuck out to me. Um, Right now... We can talk numbers. There's only four games. Bills are favored by five and a half. Now, I know we talked about the Bills looking vulnerable and the Bengals also looking shaky. So tell me, who are you more confident in this game? It's it's interesting, Jim, because both of these teams played back up to third string quarterbacks and didn't look great. Uh, what I will say is, though, these are divisional games, and they're they're always closer than you'd like think they will be, especially in the playoffs. Um, now we missed the mark on the Dolphins one hand up, but divisional games in the playoffs, I think, tend to be you know it's it's divisional. You hate that team. You want to play them close. Yeah. Um, I think there is a case to be made that both these teams are you know I don't, I don't want to say lucky, but they're fortunate enough that they made it through despite not playing very well it's fair um this one's kind of got my head in the blender to be honest me too because i think the bengals o-line's in trouble but i think i don't think the bills or d-line's gonna be able to take advantage as much as the ravens did you know yep yep and i think that there's some question marks about about the uh bill's secondary at times which Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and that Bengals offense is where they thrive. Mm -hmm. With that said, 
Bengals defense did not look great against a Lamar, Hunt, uh, not Lamar Huntley, against a Tyler Huntley led Ravens offense. I personally, I lean Bills just because they've got the home field advantage. Whether they should or not is a whole other conversation. Um, I'm not sure exactly why. I just feel like Josh Allen's going to be able to pull this one off. But man, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's my Bengals bias. I hate the Bengals. I can't stand them. They've had like one good season in the past 10 years, and they're really loud and obnoxious about it now. Let me hear your thoughts. Yeah, so, I mean, in that game where they played, where the DeMar Hamlin thing happened, I was all over the Bengals. Mm -hmm. And I love the Bengals here. And you saw what happened in that game early. They walked right down the field and scored. Game was 7-3 to when it was suspended. And honestly here, I think the Buffalo is not going to be able to stop their passing attack. You talked about it. You said that the Bills' D-line isn't as equipped to take advantage of those holes of the Bengals' offensive line as the Ravens were, and I think you're 100% right. Now, this is a different story if Vaughn Miller is out there. Obviously, he's been out for a number of weeks. But, man, that, that's sad because that's the guy that they brought in to be that playoff game changer, that, that quarterback stopper. And ultimately, I, I, I don't think that they're going to have enough to stop Higgins and Chase. I think that, sure, maybe Burrow does get sacked a handful of times here, but ultimately, they get it done through the air. I don't know. I think this is, I mean, if we're going to do a you know weekly thing where we call it which is going to be the best game of the week each week, I personally think, well, the next one. I don't know, Jim. The next one's pretty one's spicy, awesome. too. I think this one's going to be awesome, though. I, I do think both offenses are going to be able to move the ball pretty well. I mean, we got, what, you know, 10 minutes of their first matchup before Tamar Hamlin suffered that injury? Yeah. And it was, it was awesome. It mm-hmm. was good. It was great. It was magnificent. Um, I don't know. Eileen Bills, I'd like to see the Bills advance. I think it's... I think it's the super, the Cinderella story thing. I don't know. Can't explain it. I think they just pull it off. I don't know if they cover four and a half, though. That's a lot. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. You want to move on to the last game? Sure. I think this one's going to be awesome. I mean, this Sunday. This Sunday is just going to be. Yeah. Mayhem. We might have to have like a, you know, watching party, have like a cheese spread or something. Oh, I'll be in Boston. Perhaps some chips and dip. Perhaps we host a, I don't know, gym listeners party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get your folding chairs. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's talk about the game. The Cowboys headed west. Santa Clara take on the 49ers, who have been absolutely red friggin' hot, Jim. Now, in our intermission here, you talked about what you think is going to happen. And, and tell me why. First, tell the people what you think is going to happen, then tell me why. Yeah, Jim, I can't fully explain it. It just feels like something's in the air about these Cowboys this season. About them Cowboys. You're really I, doing it. Yeah, I don't. I, I can't explain it. It feels like they got over that hump, over that boogeyman of the playoffs, you know, big old playoff boogeyman uh, by beating the Bucks this past week. And I know the Niners went into Jerry World last year, and I know they made the Cowboys look like fools. 
for some reason, I think it's the opposite this year. And it, it's it's gross because I know you've been a tout of the Niners. I, I, I think they're amazing. I think their defense is the best in the league. I think their offense ever since they added Christian McCaffrey has been absolutely stellar. Maybe this is the game Brock Purdy comes down to earth. Micah Parsons, man, he I think he's going to be schemed up to cause some issues. He can he can be put anywhere. He can be schemed up anywhere. You can, can he go in this game? In this game, can he? Because he's got oh, yeah. Trent Williams to deal with on the left side, who's arguably the best tackle in football. Correct. Right? Mike McGlinchey is no, you know, he, he's no fraud either. <laughs> I didn't call him a fraud. I don't know, Jim. It just feels like something's in the air. And I do like Brock Purdy a lot, too. What, what I will say and what I will stand by is that this number's coming down. It opened like four, four and a half. Mm-hmm. Sitting at three and a half, I'm seeing it at. I think if I can get it at three and a half, I'm taking the Cowboys. I think they can cover that hook. I think the Niners would win by three. It'd be a close game. I think that, I think it should sit at three. I think this should be a Niners minus three game. Yeah, dude, I don't know. I, I, I just disagree with you. I think uh, part of me is because I've, I've been on this Niners team for quite a while now. Um, but also, like, I, I can't say I love this matchup for the Cowboys for a number of reasons, okay? 49ers passing attack is way too dynamic, in my opinion, for them to stop it. All right, I mean, they can go deep. They can give it to Debo short. They can give it to Ayuk short. They can put McCaffrey in the slot. Okay, I think they're going to do all types of things to stress out this defense. They played phenomenal last week. Absolutely, they were phenomenal. They were great. But I also think that Michael Parsons gets neutralized. You don't think Kyle Shanahan has been sitting there for the past four days or whatever it's been, thinking of ways to put Micah Parsons in jail? It has like he has to be. And also, you mentioned their 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 matchup last season, right? And, and those teams weren't the same. And this defense is entirely different. This defense is playing on an entirely like otherworldly level right now. And we didn't see that last week with the you know the Cowboys playing the Bucks. Dak wasn't pressured at all. Good luck with Nick Bosa in your face. Good luck with Eric Armstead in your face. Then you got Fred Warner and Hufunga. How's that for a pronunciation? Pretty good. secondary waiting for you. I just think that this is a bad matchup for the Cowboys. I love this 49ers team. Give me the Niners big time. Not big time. Just give me the Niners. See, that that's what's tough for me, Jim, is that I agree with all of your points there. I agree with that, Ch- that Shanahan scheming up Micah Parsons' prison sentence. I, I agree that, <laughs> that they're going to be able to get some pressure. I agree that their defense is, you know, the number one defense in the league. I just can't help but think. It's the Cowboys year. I, I I can't. It's something in the air, Pat. I can't get. I think you know what it is. It's I think that everyone's finally caught up to the 49ers bandwagon. And it feels like now is the time to jump off of it. Because once everything, once everybody's on, oh, everybody thinks the Niners are going to steamroll the Cowboys. Oh, Niners minus three and a half is the freest bet of the year. They can't say that. I just tend to think <laughs> that I don't like riding with the public, you know, 
narrative. Sure. That's my opinion. You know, and I also want the Cowboys Eagles NFC championship game. That'd I think be that's sick. Obviously, think that'd, be, that'd awesome. be so sick. I agree with you. I think that'd be insane. Um, but yeah, man, it'll be interesting. That, in my opinion, is the game of the weekend. And honestly, hear me out here. I think that maybe the winner of this one wins the Super Bowl. What, the Niners Cowboys? Yep. I don't think that's crazy at all. Partially because I think the Niners win. Well, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, we probably should have done it last week. We could do a, uh, at this point, Super Bowl matchup, Super Bowl pick. Well, what were our midseason picks? I had Bills Niners. I think I had Bills Birds. Probably like, oh my god, was my pick Bills Cowboys? We'd have to go look at the tapes. I think that I think you said Eagles after they, they beat the Cowboys in the NFC Championship game. Yeah, I think I did say that, <laughs> which is insane because that very well could be what happens here. Am I a sharp? <laughs> yeah, I say Bills Niners again. That's what I say. You want to say it too? What do you think? <laughs> Bill's boys, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There you have it. Who wins? Who wins? Uh, I think the Buffalo Bills win the Super Me Bowl. Me too. Me too. I think the Bills win the Super Bowl this year, even though I just picked against them in the divisional round. It feels too Cinderella. <laughs> I just uh, picked against them. I know. I was going to mention that. I was like, didn't you, didn't you just pick the Bengals? You're playing both sides, so you win no matter what. Uh. I'm going to have to flip that game now. <laughs> well, thanks for listening. Um, I thought we did pretty good on the um, Super Wildcard Weekend narratives for the most part. Yeah. Um, it's hard to predict these things, man. Everyone thinks they're a genius. Everyone thinks they know everything. But hopefully you enjoyed listening to this. Hopefully you're listening and, you know, I don't know, have having a good week so far, having a good 2023. Already halfway through January. That's crazy. We're going to get into the, you know, real dark days of February soon. Those are scary. Yeah. Um, I'm, yeah, I don't know. Gym Podcast will do its best to warm and brighten those days. We'll have our we off-season content. You know, we can't promise everything, but yeah. Uh, thank you for listening. Pat, you got any words for them? No, yeah. I'll just say that once the games are finished, we'll shift to off-season content mode. You know, it doesn't take too long for this stuff to pick back up with. The Super Bowl, you got a couple weeks, free agency, draft preparations, combine, the draft, OTAs, training camp. Next thing you know, getting ready for the Hall of Fame game, and we're all back again. But, uh, yeah, definitely thanks for tagging along with us. We're excited to see what this weekend has to bring, and we will see you on Thursday. Deuces.
All right, I bet you guys listened to the end of the episode and thought they forgot to do a be a gym. We didn't. We wanted to make sure that you guys gave it a full listen through. So it was a special end of episode be a gym pick here. We're going to do something that we've never done before and give you a point total over under as our be a gym. So Jim, I'll let you take it away. What do we got? Yeah, I mean, we're looking at these boards. These spreads get pretty tight around this time of the year, so... Me and Jim were talking, and we're thinking that this 40 and a half total is a little bit low for the Bengals' bills. What do you think, Jim? Yeah, too I low? agree. I agree, man. I mean, these are two high-powered offenses. What are we doing? 48, right? That's got that's to be low. It's way too low. It's got to be the over. It's got to be the over. Come on. Be a Jim. Be a Jim. Over 48. Come on. Too easy. 